Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for movie and television lovers. As always, please be aware of spoilers, otherwise you may find out that Lloyd Dobler is not afraid to disturb an entire block with Peter Gabriel just to win back Diane. This week, we've decided to donate an entire show to the most celebrated siblings in Hollywood. Is it the Wachowskis? Could it be the Gyllenhaals? Uh -uh. The Fannings? The Baldwins? No way. No, it is Joan and John Cusack. Yes! But I cannot do this alone. We have uh, stars of Runaway Jerry, Jeremy Leguie, and Stanger Dippity, Sonia Stanger. (laughs) Welcome, you two. What up? Hi. Hello. How was your week? (laughs) Cusack-filled and delightful. Yeah, it was just a a blur of time and energy, and uh, now we're here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's nice to see how you got here. Uh... Um... Let, let's talk about this family. Who is your favorite Cusack? And I'm throwing in Bill, Ann, and Susie Cusack, all actors as well, but not uh, not of the top echelons. I, I'm Googling them all. Just to, I've, I did not even know that. Um, I knew about Ann, but... They all are in, like, the same films. Like, they always... I feel like when one of them gets on, they're like, is there room for one of my lesser siblings <laughs> like are the lesser siblings and, in things we would know yeah uh, they're all and, in like yeah like and, cute, and, and yeah she's in gross point blank she's in tank girl she's in accepted she plays the mom and accepted oh my god this is mind-blowing this is mind-blowing yeah she's in she's um she plays the saskatchewan girl in um a league of our own <gasps> oh my god the um the uh Anne has a whole own career here. Like, she's in all these things I've watched. This is crazy. I had no idea. Anne doesn't get the respect that the other Cusacks are getting. Oh, my God. Do you God. guys, are you guys looking at a picture of her? Yeah. Wait. Once you, once you see the Cusack face, <gasps> then you know. Oh, my like, God. Like, this yeah. woman has been in so much stuff that I've yes. seen. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. Oh my god. So anyway, I say justice for Anne, but also honestly <laughs> Bill is in Bill is in a few high profile things as well. I'm I, I I'm I'm going I'm going through the whole Cusack situation. Is here. Bill is Bill also a sibling or is that their dad? No, their dad is Dick Cusack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, look at all these movies. Sonia. I'm so mature. I know, I'm so mature. That's just a man's name. (laughs) Richard. Okay, well that, I had no idea. Yeah, wow. And that is amazing. Good thing we prepared so much for this show. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to open you guys up to the whole Cusack family. Well, we we just talked about John and Joan, and now I'm learning about Susie. And, oh (laughs) my god. Um, Well, Anne has had the better. Okay, so... uh, Shock value aside, I think that John Cusack is one of my top five favorite actors. I I I think he's like he's he's just very up there for me, regardless of family connections or not. Mm. Um, just because he's in some of my favorite movies, like he he just he just gets honestly, he's the only Cusack that can. Do a leading role. No offense to the other Cusacks, but it's a character actor family. Yes. Do you agree or disagree? Well, I think, but I think that's also the magic of Joan is that 
even in the tiniest role, like she's in 16 Candles for like 12 mm-hmm. seconds, but she's one of the things that stands out to me the most from that movie. So mm-hmm. like she's one of those character actors who can just like truly shine in those mm-hmm. small roles. But yeah, I don't know. John. I also am profoundly attracted to John Cusack. As on like a are. deep, deep level, and so th- it's hard to kind of divorce that from yeah. my. Oh man, if he feeling. if he wears safari shorts, I am done. There's no. <laughs> oh yeah, that's it. I'm. You I'm, look I'm at finished. that little Cupid's bow <sighs> lips, and you are taken. Yeah, I. Uh, Joan is also yeah. What is she, in Working Girl? She's in it for what? You blink and you miss her. Yeah. But she is also just like something I remember so much from that because of like her. She's got such a good look. Mm-hmm. Her line deli- like her voice is so weird. She's a weird person, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't you don't forget her. No, no. Um, and uh, as I was telling you guys, oh, I was going to uh, say what? that I watched her short-lived sitcom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what about Joan? Of mm-hmm. which of that she is the star. And 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 it is it's weird as I said to see not a necessarily a leading lady. Because she's just like she's so full of neuroses, it's it's all big. There's nothing <laughs> the subtle time. about anything. Uh, yeah, it was it was. I don't know if I suggested, but it was something to watch for sure. Well, <laughs> a rousing when endorsement. When when you run out of things to watch, watch Joan Cusack. Um, it, it's it is hard for me to pick one or the other as better because, like as you said, Sonia, I think that. Joan has so much to offer. And um, this week, I, of course, watched Adam's Family Values, which is, oh, I, I think, her, her, her biggest, like, her biggest role, I think. That's what I was, and, like, it's so good. Like, she's crazy, and she's so big, and, like, she just loses her mind, and she's so fake, and, like, all these things. But um, it's such a good perform. Like it's everything is just so good. It's so entertaining to watch every time. A hundred percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> now, for me, John also does have a slight edge because of his political outspokenness, mm-hmm. especially this year. But like for a yeah. long time, um, and so you know, we we stand a political bay. <laughs> 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 so John tops Joan for Sonia. I don't know. I I can't. Is that what I'm? You hearing? know, I can never choose I so. a favorite. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think you have. Though mm-hmm. I think I think Sean and I have heard what we're going to hear and are going to come to our own conclusions. But as she's we're so good. Yeah, I've, I've just filled so what you've said, but okay, okay. Um, what if you? What did you guys watch this week? Because there's a a a breadth of films to watch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Sonia. Well, I watched one at Jer's recommendation. I think we all watched this, or I don't know, Jer's at least seen it yes. before. I, I, I think I watch this movie once a month. <laughs> amazing. It's, it yeah. is Are you truly amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, Gross Point Blank, which is such a confusing name also. It's like, yeah. <laughs> until you it's see the pun, movie. It's a pun, but you don't get it until you watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is, um, is Gross Point a real place? I'll, I think so. I'll Google so. that while I think you talk. it is. Um... In which John plays a kind of reluctant or like at least in crisis hitman who is sort of like at this this crossroads in his life leading up to his 10th high school reunion. And it just so happens that he gets a job that he thinks might be his last job in his hometown of Gross Point. 
Um, and he goes back. And who's back. his sassy assistant? Sonya? His sassy assistant, who honestly is so magnificent in this film, mm-hmm. is his sister Joan Cusack. Yeah, um, and she's alone the whole time. She's right? alone like, the she's, whole time, but she, she nails it. Yeah. Oh my god, nails it! Like that scene where she's manically um, flaming the office. <laughs> flaming it <laughs> is one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great. Um. Anyway, so he goes back to his hometown, reunites with his high school sweetheart, Minnie Driver, who's also so great in this. Um, and it's just like, it's pure absurdity most of the way through. Alan Arkin plays his like unwilling therapist. Um, Dan Aykroyd is his hitman rival slash wannabe business partner, who's also yeah. completely <laughs> manic and insane. Yeah, um, so, so t- to clarify, all the hitmen want to form a guild, yeah. and he doesn't want in. Yeah. That is the issue, yeah. which is hilarious. It is hilarious. They want to form a co-op, and he's saying, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. And he's mad. Dan Aykroyd's kind of mad about it. Yeah, he's super mad. So it's, like, pretty violent at times and, like, quite dark, and it grapples with a lot of these wild existential questions. And honestly, so many of the things that happen, I'm like, oh, that's actually the exact opposite of what I think I thought was going to happen and what I think would Mm -hmm. happen in real life. Like, it's such an insane movie. But then in that absurdity, it says some, like, very true things about the world and people. And I don't know. It almost is, like, Catch-22-esque at times in its Mm -hmm. level of absurdity, especially with the side characters. But he's really, Mm -hmm. truly so good in this movie. Yeah. And uh, my favorite thing... Uh, the reason I watch it again and again, and it's it's got to be ten times a year, maybe not every month, but like, um, but the way he blatantly tells people what he does, yeah, and everyone thinks he's kidding, yeah, or thinks that that's a euphemism for another profession, like like you know, oh, I'm a hitman or I kill people, you know, like like it's just, and then at one point it breaks down where his high school friend Jeremy Piven has to help him move a body, and he's like Martin. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it totally... He's slowly like... coming to terms with it. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Piven, he just picks right up where they left off. Also, okay, so everyone in this high school is psychotically obsessed <laughs> with the fact that they haven't seen him in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, and no one can believe it. And they're all so angry at him for not having seen him in 10 years. That's what you do when you leave high school. I was really shocked at that. But you don't just disappear. Like, you don't just, like make plans and not make them, right? Like you, you know, he could have died. They don't know what happened. Ten years, Um, man. Ten years. Ten years. They're all, they all have such PTSD from the fact that they haven't seen him in ten years. Like, that they're all grappling with. Um, So the character of Minnie Driver, Mm -hmm. um, she is sort of, I would say, in Arrested Development. She's a bit of, She's stunted in some way because when we see her, she's like, she's sprinting through her house to like run and jump on her bed. She's looking through the sort of projector binocular thing. She's making him give her airplane rides. She's doing Jamaican accents. Mm-hmm. Like she has a head injury. Like why is she a child? I why think, is she I think, like this? I think him coming back like takes her back to... Mm-hmm. being in high school and who she was when he like abandoned her cuz he basically ghosts her and then yeah. they're both but they're both completely obsessed with each other the rest of the time until he comes uh, back 
on How I Met Your Mother, they call it revertigo, <laughs> where you revert back to acting. And I do it with my friends from high school. Yeah. Yeah. Not friend Like, there's friends that I've, like, stayed through with and we've grown. But if I see, like, a guy I used to hang out with, like, I call him bra immediately. <laughs> and no one should ever do wow. that. <laughs> right to bra. <laughs> hey, bra. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a fascinating movie. Yeah, um, absolutely. A character that I really liked mm-hmm. and like a scene is the guy that was ran in the convenience store. And he's only in it for a minute, um, but the convenience store blows up and he barely makes it out alive. And then John Cusack's like, "Are you okay?" And he just like shoves him away, and he's like, "No, I'm hurt. I'm pissed. I need to look for a new job." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really great moment. Yeah. He has like one line and it is very it's the delivery of the movie. Yeah. Uh I I think well I think the whole thing just has something very human about it because there's one thing that's extraordinary, right? Like there's one bit that's amazing, but other than that it's just a guy coming back to his high school reunion. And uh you know what they say, guys? You can never go home again. So <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> when you do, it's a convenience store. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I watched a little movie. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. It's called Identity. No. Oh, my God. I watched Identity. Nice. Oh, it's so good. Um, so Identity is a thriller, I guess. It's John Cusack is playing a serious role. He's, yeah. It's like a thriller, like kind of horror. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it's about these people at a gas station motel it's raining the whole time and um something weird is going on and people start dying and it's revealed that one of these people is a murderer and uh is he uh it's a full agatha christie like moment it's like 10 people they all have some sort of connection and they're like (laughs) how did how did we this all happen um the cast is absolutely insane Okay, um, this is the reason why I had no idea who was going to die next because they all are so equally D-list. Yeah, like it was yeah. Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet, Clea Duvall, Rebecca De Mornay. Like I was like, I know that John Cusack is going to live till the end, but I don't. Like I literally could not tell you who's going to die next. Um, and the whole thing has this like big twist, which I don't think we should spoil, Sean. I don't know. I know. I, uh, even though we are called spoiler alert, this was yeah. quite the. Sp- this is a quite a spoil. Yeah, yeah I like kind of want to watch it, so maybe don't. Yeah, and like this is based off an Agatha Christie novel, right? Like this is full on. But the twist is not at all what Miss Christie had. No, in mind. no, not at all. Um, but uh, oh my god, I just I just learned something insane. Anyway, that's fine. We'll talk about that off air. Um, holy cow! Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, this movie uh, uh, is so crazy, and even rewatching it, like, knowing what's happening, it's still really cool, because you see all these extra little bits of things as they try and piece piece together what's going on, but, um, like, halfway through, you'll think you understand what's happening, and then you don't, but then it does this really cool thing where it spoils the whole movie at one point, like, like, three quarters of the way through, a character explains exactly what's going on, and then you have to deal with these new parameters, and it just mm-hmm. it just works so well. And you know, 
John just standing there in his trench coat, soaking wet from all this water. Who knows where it came from? There's, I've never seen rain, oh, the, rain like the this. The water budget is out of this world. A million dollars alone on water. But um, amazing performances from John, from uh, Amanda Peet, from Ray Liotta. And everyone is just giving it their all. And it's like crazy enough to work, I guess. Yeah. And there's some parts that are so stupid. Like there's a part where Claire Duvall is being attacked. And she hides in this bathroom. And the lock is like a little outhouse lock. Like one of those little latches. And that's the... Oh, she just like, ah, locks it with that thing. And then... It's like the meme of like the Cheeto, like holding a door shut. And then the killer is like pounding on the door. And she's, and, but the, luckily she got that little latch closed and it saved her life. It's, it's so stupid. Sometimes it's all you need, Sean, just that little bit mm-hmm. to stop, to stop who you're. But um, the slightest, yeah. the slightest bit to stand in their way. Oh, so good. I no. rewatched another classic this week. But I also had different feelings about it than I've ever had before. A little movie called School of Rock. Mm-hmm. I also watched it. Was your we talk- conflicting feeling? Yeah, it, we should talk about Joan here. <laughs> no, it, for the first time, like, I always sort of knew how bad of a person Dewey Finn is, even though he's the hero of the film. Yeah, but I was thing. absolutely horrified watching it this time. I don't know why it was so different. Like, I don't know when the last time I watched it was. But I was just like, this is so inappropriate and unsafe. And, like, I just was, like, really <laughs> you not You took umbrage it. with his, his pedagogical ideas. <laughs> I really did. And I was like, he is just using these children. <laughs> but um, <laughs> to focus on the Cusack at hand. Mm-hmm. she is so funny in this movie and also like she probably shouldn't have that job i don't know that she's qualified for that <laughs> job she has some stuff to work out herself but she is so freaking funny in that role um <laughs> she's she's so good at unraveling mm-hmm. right like like any like it, it always it's like her thing almost it's just like taking an existence and just pulling it apart until it is frizzy hair and screaming and um School of Rock does have, like, a really satisfying, like, arc in that we all agree that Dewey is not a horrible person, Mm -hmm. but he is. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very manipulative. Yeah. And he does all sorts of things. But um, I think the scene where they get drunk listening to... uh, Edge of 17. Yeah. um, Like, it stands out so big in my mind as such a big part of the movie even though it's kind of not but like they just took something that wasn't much and made it into something incredible like it's so good the awkward way she drinks like a quarter of a beer and then starts dancing (laughs) like it informs the character to see a woman that will have two sips of a drink and all of a sudden slide right into a stevie nicks song (laughs) you know what i know this woman inside and out now Exactly. Um, she, I mean, Joan Cusack, like, she's the queen of a line delivery that will stick with you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But I'm obsessed with that moment when all the rich parents are there yelling at her. She finds out that the kids are missing, and she comes in, and she has this big smile on her face, and she's like, well, your children are missing. <laughs> <laughs> and the room just erupts in chaos, and she just kind of stands there. And it's so funny to me still after all these years. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I should always, rewatch that. 
I always wonder if they're like in School of Rock too. If her and Dewey have a relationship, I or think is it she's oh, dating that shirtless guy from the other there. band? Maybe oh, Spider. Yeah, when he goes up to her, he's like, "Oh, you're so hot," and she's just like, oh. <laughs> oh, "So good." That's true. Um, I do just want to mention uh, we've all seen Adam's Family Values. Mm-hmm. I assume not for a long it's, time though. Yes. Yeah, it's never dawned on me that that movie ends with her giving a slideshow presentation until I watched it this week. Because that's, she has slides and like a clicker that like advances and she's explaining everything. And like, it's crazy. But like, I just love her delivery of like, I wanted a ballerina Barbie. And what did they get me? Malibu! Barbie, <laughs> like, like, and that's you know, in a room with people who totally understand her, she's losing her mind, and it's not going to work out. But um, oh my god, she has to be a type A character in every film. Yeah, it's true. It's written yeah. into her contract. Oh my god, is what's on the script? Like, and then there's a slideshow. Like, <laughs> is that? I love that too because like the Adams family is obviously. Uh, kooky and spooky as we know <laughs> and she just like slides right in so easily and understandably and just like lets it all roll off her back and it just it's so nice because you're like oh there's someone for everyone <laughs> and then yeah. in the end you find out that she's actually trying to steal uncle fester's money and kill mm-hmm. him but 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 really honestly if... that's a good match for him anyway yeah, yeah. Vibe. like like she would be a great addition to that family if she just sort of leaned the other way. What's kookier so, and, and spookier than that? Just like, I can, when Morticia's like, I can forgive you for all that, but Debbie, pastels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So good. Have, have you guys seen... Um, and also... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I'll just as an aside, Christina Ritchie at camp is like, um, another just like very iconic part of that whole film. Mm-hmm. It's to me, it's a very, it's a perfect film. Yeah, there's <laughs> oh, so so much good stuff in one. I'm due for a rewatch. That's on the list for sure. Um, have you guys seen Shameless, the American version, and the seasons that Jones in? Uh, I have not. Okay, I've seen the British one. What is is her? I in my imagination, she's playing the presumably neurotic next door neighbor lady. Sort of. Because that just seems her vibe. She plays the, like, uptight church lady that um, William H. Macy's character shacks up with and takes advantage of. And she's, like, this nice, kooky, uh, sweet lady. And his whole family is just like, oh, God, what has she gotten herself into with him? But it's so funny. It's so, so funny. Aww. I yeah. should, maybe I should watch the new or like the US one. How how long is it? I should watch it, but how long? There's is it? I think there are like several seasons, and she's not in it for a few. So I don't know. <sighs> okay, all right. I just okay. think um, it would. I feel like the US version would not shy away from uh, showing me the hopelessness of poverty. <laughs> that <laughs> the is UK correct. one does, but. <laughs> Yeah. That is correct. At least the UK one, they do it, but it's also like, but it's still very funny, even though you're like, they'll never get out of this. 
But I feel like the U.S. one would be, would hit you a little harder. The American one's kind of like that, too, though. Like, it's so silly uh, at the same time. Uh, I watched one episode with my mom, and she's like, you gotta see it, it's so good. And it, I think it was probably the most depressing thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And, yeah. like, maybe you need that build-up to make it funny, but I'm like, this is not okay. Like, this is this is scary. This is just awful. Yeah. But Well, maybe you guys should look up the plot of Shameless, and we'll be back on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert uh, on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We'll be back talking the Cusacks in a moment, but first we're going to play a little game lovingly called The Game. It's game time, people! (laughs) For those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, The Game is where I spend literally no time this week selecting a title related to a topic that these two have not seen or heard about. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have... A grand day. Are you guys ready to play the game? I'm yeah. so ready. This week's title is War Inc. That title again, War Inc. Like War Inc. as an I-N-C? Dot? Yes, the exact spelling of the title is W-A-R comma I-N-C. Okay, just as I thought. Just as I suspected. Just as I suspected. Okay, I think that this movie is about a company that sells weapons, but in order to make sure that there is sufficient, um, I guess, business, or that business never runs out, they also kind of have a side hustle where they act as, like, not quite spies, but, like, agents who agitate international conflicts So, like, maybe they'll, like, sneak into a meeting and, like, you know, tell one of the diplomats that, like, one of the other diplomats was, like, talking behind their back or something. Or, you know, they'll kind of agent provocateur types. Um, And obviously, um, John Cusack is the CEO of War Inc. And um, Joan plays his slightly insane secretary. Once again, it's just a natural role for them. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Sean? Um, so I believe War Inc. is about a, uh, a VR program that is developed by, um, evil CEO John Cusack, uh, (laughs) that really puts people into, you know, you play, you're like basically go to war in the game because people are psycho and they like doing all that, but it'll take out their Mm -hmm. aggression playing war in this game. Um... And then, but people start becoming addicted and they start staying in the game and it's, it gets really dark. Um, Joan Cusack weirdly plays his wife and they make out like a lot. Ew! And it's so uncomfortable to watch. Sean! And I'm, it's so weird. And the casting director, I don't know why they did that. But they're like, we need this show. I, I don't know why they did that either. <laughs> But you God. take a role when you can get it. So <laughs> what could they say? I guess so. Yeah. When when the Cusacks are down and out, they lean on each other. Right? <laughs> they do. Oh, boy, um, do they? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, if I could take points away from the game, I would take some away from Sean. But I don't think that's fair. <laughs> I think you should. Uh, but uh, half a point to Sonya. <gasps> wow. Uh, a, very, a very approximate... Um, 
so War Inc. Is, was made in 2008. It is a political action comedy film. The reason why I like it and why I'm bringing it up is because many, including John Cusack, have called it the spiritual successor to Gross Point Blank. Oh, where really? a lot of things don't seem the same, but a few things sort of follow through. And maybe Brad Hauser is actually just Martin Blank from a different time. So that's the... Um, this movie stars John Cusack, Hilary Duff, Marissa Tomei, Joan Cusack, Dan Aykroyd, and Ben Kingsley, Whoa. which is an insane mix of people. Hilary um, Duff? What is she doing? Yeah, it was, that really threw me. She uh, she plays a pop star, and uh, she's got a very big, well, I mean, there's a lot of people, so they all have like a, a medium role, but she's in there. Um Anyway, uh, John plays this um, hitman who the government hires to go to, let me see if it's here, uh, Turkestan, and um, it's it's all a very big comment. John helped uh, produce and write it, but about, like, uh, America's intentions in war yeah. and all this kind of... So there's, like, a lot of branding and, like, all these different kind of fun things, and Marissa Tomei plays a journalist who comes to expose everything, and it's all really gross and artificial. And um, Joan plays like a American operative no. boss. It's <laughs> no, that's that's not the case at all. No. Anyway, um, it's this really crazy movie, and uh, you should check it out. It lost a ton of money. Oh no! Yeah, it lost so much. Like it was ten million dollars of the budget, and they got one point two back. <gasps> Ooh. Um, but um, well, check it out. America doesn't really like looking at itself in a mirror. No, so. not at all. But uh, it's just a really great movie. Especially, he's playing essentially the same character. So if um, you're willing to suspend disbelief and not ask what happened to some people, then you you can just. And I think that they were kind of playing with that with adding Dan Aykroyd in because he plays again a very similar role. Mm. So um, it's really great, and uh, I like this movie a lot. Thank you guys for playing the game. Sonia got a half a point. Good oh, job. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't believe it. I literally just got a half point for the first time in like two years. And Sonia's yeah. biting at my little ankles. I'm very competitive, Sean. I, I couldn't let that stand. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back into the Cusack oeuvre. Um, uh, what else did you guys watch? I watched America's Sweethearts. Oh, what's that? I don't, I do not. Okay, so it's about Joan, Joan, John, uh, is a movie star, and Catherine Zeta-Jones is also a movie star, and they have, like, a Jennifer Aniston, Brad Pitt sort of in the media moment. Like, they're always in films together, and it's very popular, but they actually despise each other. And um, they are, have to get together to do, to promote their last film that they did, um, and Billy Crystal's in it as like a shady little promoter. Um, and Julia Roberts is Catherine Zeta-Jones' sister that recently lost 60 pounds and is very hot now. Um, so they, they do some flashbacks to fat Julia Roberts that they do. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just kind of a strange little rom-com. Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones gets to be very diva-y. There is a, there's a weird moment where you get to see, um, you know, acclaimed actor John Cusack pulling cactus pricks off of his dong. Uh, and then, uh, 
and then people mistake it for thinking that he's masturbating in public. It's a oh, it's a no. weird gag. <laughs> it's a really weird gag. Um. So yeah, that's what I watched this week. <laughs> Sounds fun. It's pretty good. Um. I I I like all the like because uh, Billy Crystal is sort of this like I don't know if it's evil. It's kind of evil, but he he just wants to make the presentation work. He's very scheming. And that's all he really Yeah, that's all he really cares about. So, and he's Seth actually Green really is his fun. little assistant. Oh, I love a good Seth Green moment. That's um, I think this one has a, a half a one. <laughs> Jeremy, who plays uh who plays the director um of the the kooky director? He Oh. Oh god. Is it, Christopher Walken is plays it, the director. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's yeah, it's kind of crazy. Is it what? This is from two thousand one. God, that was a weird time of my life <laughs> and everyone's lives. Um, yeah. Anyway, Jared <laughs> <laughs> just got transported uh, in time for a second there. Yeah, you had I a just, really weird like, grade eight year, or what? I, I I think I I think I watched this in the theater, and I was like just trying to place that. And anyway, that doesn't line up. Yeah, with my that's mind, what every thirteen-year-old boy okay. wants to do: is go see America's Sweethearts <laughs> in theater. I went with my mom, so it's cool. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is cute. Have you yeah. guys have you guys seen Say Anything? Yeah. Oh yeah. He John Cusack's really good in that. I don't know how I feel about Lloyd Dobler. I have such mixed feelings about him as a character, which I think speaks to also John's ability to like do a layered character. But mm-hmm. he's such a confusing human being. But I was watching it this morning, or watching part of it this morning. And I spotted something that I thought was really funny, which is, you know that iconic scene at the party when he's the key master and everyone's trying to get their keys back? And then that guy comes up to him and is like, I need to drive home! And then he grabs his shoulders and he's like, you must chill! And he, like, shakes him. It's like, one of the to me, it's one of the funniest mo- moments of the movie. The guy mm-hmm. who's trying to get his keys back is Jeremy Piven! Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, what do you mean, of course? It was a crazy revelation <laughs> to me. <laughs> the Cusack verse is full of all the same players. Like it's, it's so mm-hmm. weird. It's it's always um, got a Hank Azaria, a Piven, uh, who, an Ackroyd, an Ackroyd, yeah. yeah, another Cusack, uh, <laughs> another a few more Cusacks, just just extra Cusack for good measure. Uh, I th- I think it's got to be like a thing of like. Because at some point, you know, it's like a Christopher Guest situation mm. where you just like to work with these people and, like, you know you can rely on them. And there's, like, compatibility things like Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara, right? They've had, like, a career together. Like, they've they've done other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, have they? I wonder if they've been together more than not at this point. Yeah, like, Are you wondering if they've ever kissed? Is that what you're wondering? I uh, always wonder like for yeah, sure oh on God. screen, but I mean off screen. I don't know, probably not. I don't. Be, that could be weird. If I, I was Mrs. Levy, I'd be like, I don't want you uh, doing another project <laughs> with <laughs> with Ms. O'Hara. <laughs> and then your son writes a project for her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and literally, the whole family's in it except you. <laughs> they're like weird i have a role for every single person in the family but not you mom <laughs> oh god um yeah what, just, it, well, what lo- do you I, guys think of say anything 
I actually um, have not I, seen I, it. And that's uh that's on I, me. That's on you, Sean. <laughs> that's on that's me. Definitely here. on you. Um, I feel like it kind of like got into this John Hughes sort of mm-hmm. like world. Um, it's not a John Hughes movie. I thought um, it was, and it's not. It's Cameron yeah. Crowe. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting just because like that end scene has like become so iconic. Mm-hmm. That, like, it's totally disassociated from that moment. And uh, I remember watching, um, I think the first time I watched it in whole, I was aware of, like, its impact. And I remember kind of being disappointed. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just like, like you know. But um, there is a lot going on there. Like, it is, you know, a young John Cusack, like, doing his best, which is something. But, um... <laughs> I, I kind of just want to watch 16 Candles when I watch the Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, same. <laughs> like, like, it just makes me want the best version of that thing, which mm-hmm. is a weird attitude, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't watch it a lot. Yeah. I have such complicated <laughs> feelings about their relationship, too, where I'm like, yeah. 100% she should not be with him and, like, needs to go live her dreams and not mm-hmm. be held back by this weirdly intense, like, sweet, but very intense high school boy. Um, yeah. And again, a little Joan Cusack cameo there who plays a sister. Just dashed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But speaking of 16 Candles. Oh, sorry. Uh, maybe it is. I've wondered that too. I Googled it a little bit, but I didn't find anything definitive about like one of them pulling strings. Well, I mean, I think we know which one would be pulling strings most yeah. of the time. But Yeah, Joan um, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. A long time ago. I mean, am I interjecting? Yeah. This on yeah. You? Uh, I watched an interview. And a lot of things, and I think he was talking about Gross Point Blank, but um, whoever they had hired had to stop. So that's why he called his sister. Mm. And I guess that's happened quite a few times. Like, enough for her to, like, get her own steam. So, like, in the early days when they did, like, crappy stuff, he he would just be like, I've got people. I've got this tall, gangly sister. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, like, if you're, like, if you're doing something... And it's like, we need someone in a half hour? Jack like, well, can my, do it, you know? My neurotic yeah. stork of a sister drove me here, so why don't you just get her in? <laughs> yeah, she's been waiting in the car this whole time, hoping something like this would oh, come down. Oh, you want so. me? <laughs> <laughs> Are you in full makeup? Yes! <laughs> anyway, uh, I yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that could have been a joke. He definitely said it, but I don't know if it was true. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. Good for them. Yeah. Um, um, does anyone have uh, anything else to say about this venerable Hollywood family? Okay, I have two things. One, Joan as Jessie the cowgirl in the Toy Story mm. sequels, absolutely iconic. An excellent, yep. an excellent use of her her talents, I would say. Like she's a really good voice actor. Um, and then two, we were talking about Sixteen Candles earlier, and Again, a line delivery that has stuck with me my entire life. It's one word where it's her and Anthony Michael Hall on the bus after he has one of his first interactions with um, Molly Ringwald. And he's like, he's just like prattling on and he's like, ah, you gotta love a woman in a hat. So vogue. And she's just kind of sitting there and she goes, yeah. And I don't know why, 
it's it's like in my brain forever. Just the way she looks, the way she says it. She's so funny. I am obsessed. She's, she's mad. She wants the nerd to herself. Um, I I will mention that of course John's most recent project Utopia, which I talked mm. about on what you're watching. Yeah. Um, uh, it the um super good. Check it out because uh, you know it's it's all star. I, I do want to bring up two movies, um, both of which I think his performances are pretty good. Uh, one better than the other. Uh, the the first one that's just okay is Have you guys seen Love and Mercy? Mm-mm. Um, it's about uh the Beach Boy. Why is his name blanking on me? Brian Wilson. Uh, yeah, Brian Wilson. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, John Cusack plays an older Brian Wilson, mm. and Paul Dano plays a younger, and they go back and forth. And it's just about, like, his younger life and, like, him dealing with his mental health issues. And then the whole thing with his um, psychiatrist and basically, like, holding him hostage and doing all these crazy things. Um, But uh, he does such a good job of, like, being Brian Wilson. Like, he just, like... I When I watched it, I was like, like, I'm going to know it's John Cusack. Like, I'm not going to be... And he, like, changes, like... I don't know what that Cusack sound is, mm. but he drops it for the movie, and like it just really works well. That's um, interesting because uh, honestly, Cusack is—he's basically the same character every time. Yeah, like, he's a little yeah. bit. Just oh yeah, the same. yeah. No, but he does, um, and I think he also kind of loses it, loses it in this next film I'm going to mention, which is being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. where he's this insane puppeteer guy who becomes obsessed with John Malkovich, as we all did, right? <laughs> um, but. Uh, He's just so crazy in this movie with Cameron Diaz and Catherine Keener. And, like, it's just the weirdest movie and the most appropriate person to play that role. Like, like I couldn't imagine imagine it with anybody else at all. And uh, I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I agree. Check it out if you haven't, because it is is crazy. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Cusacks. And see you soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what about what else you guys been watching this week? Any other good things? Okay, well, this wasn't this week, but I forgot to talk about it last week, or I talked about something else last week. Um, I never finished Fleabag. I watched like I think oh. most of the first season. But then I never got to the second prison, prison season with the priest, <laughs> which everyone was all a buzz about. And hot um, yeah, hot priest. And Andrew Scott is chef's kiss. Truly, I was going to say, let the viewers person. know that you did a chef's kiss. <gasps> chef's kiss. He is so hot. Um, so I watched all of it, and honestly, like I think like two days because the episodes aren't super long and the seasons are short in the great tradition of British television. Mm-hmm. Um. That show is so good, you guys. Like, it's so wild, and um, I know it's kind of a lot. I don't know that it would be for everyone, but, like, the writing is so tight. The characters are so interesting. And truly, that season with the priest is so heartbreaking and made me feel so many things. I'm, I loved it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard, I have heard recommendations from so many people and just haven't done it yet. I don't know why. But uh, there's only two seasons, yeah. Yeah, it's like I think it's oh. literally like eight or nine episodes total. Well, thank you, British TV. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. I love that. Uh, I'll check. Mm. I'll check it out. Um, I have been working my way through uh, chronologically all of James Bond because oh. it's come to crave. Wow. Yeah. 
Um, I'm I'm like I, I'm on Thunderball, which I think is the fourth one in. Um, I watching James Bond right now is kind of weird because there's a lot of like push and pull with a lot of the things that he does. We're still in the Connery phase, like we're not even out of that yet. I think in one more or two more, we're out of that. Um, the first two are way more boring than I ever remembered. <laughs> And um, I think what happened is they saw, like, the things people were interested in and then started doubling down on them. And then in Goldfinger, he's, like, a pretty passive sort of guy. But uh, there are two big points that I would like to discuss about James Bond. Uh, The first one is, like, at no point does any woman want to kiss him. Yeah. And he, like, forces them to do it and then they're okay with it? Yep. And I, 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 I've never read James Bond, but I kind of wonder about, like, what Ian Fleming, like, I, like, what did he do? Like, is this how he wrote it? Or, like, what the deal is? And um, there's some interesting stuff that Daniel Craig had talked about when he took over, because he wanted to do stuff like have Bond sleep with a man. Mm. Because it's about... Being a spy, right? right? Like, he's dead inside, and he's just doing what he needs to do, we think. Yeah. Right? Like, like that's the, At least like most that's of the, the time. Right. Like, that, that. that's... Anyway, and I think, like, it's pretty clear that, like, because in, in almost every movie, at least with Sean Connery, he cares more about the objective than any interpersonal relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, he totally ditches... And does, like, the wrong thing by certain individuals to stop the bomb or whatever right. sort of thing. And so, like, it is really just this depiction of this man, like, living day to day and probably kind of has a horrible life and, like, you know, drinks because in that moment that will make him happy. Like, that sort of thing. And wow. I'm really wondering, this is now my second thesis for the upcoming Bond films, but, like, is James Bond not the perfect situation for a transgender individual to be like to have the ability to swap out. And like, if, if, if you could like cross dress and like, like, like shouldn't the next bond be like someone who could be anybody, right? Like that's the point. Like it's not supposed to be this big manly guy. He's supposed to be like a, a, a svelte model, which you could lean either way with, right? Like that's this whole, so I'm wondering if, like, when they look at this, like, future Bond thing, like, don't you want the best person for this job? Like, there is room for be... an NBI con to step into. Yeah, I was going to say, non-binary for sure. Not necessarily, like, just all trans okay. people, but fair, fair, fair enough. some but, gender but, but, like, fluidity. Like, I see what you're saying. Yes, yes. Thank you for helping me through that. Um, but, um, yeah, is like, is there an individual that could be crafted because if this whole mythos of like selecting individuals to be the next 007 mm-hmm. and then them taking on the name of James Bond is true. Wouldn't you want someone who could be as flexible as possible in any given situation? Mm-hmm. And like, wouldn't that be the sort of way you go? Like, oh, I just Jay don't get Bond. Why, like, yeah, I just don't get why it's always like this version of this dude when it could be, I think yeah, he dresses up as a woman one time. Like, but it's just like, you know, they could sell it way more. Anyway, 
That's what I'm I thinking like about as I'm watching through. That's but... a fun project. I'm kind of into that idea. <laughs> Me too. Maybe I'll do that during my I... long, cold winter here. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so I finished season four of The Crown. Mm. Oh. Um, it's like, it's just so addicting. Um, but the real, as I talked about last week, probably the real draw for me was Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher, who she is just so vicious and, but also her, her, the way she holds her body, she's just like a shrunken little like leaf of a woman with a crazy voice. She sounds like Voldemort. She's just (laughs) like, she's like. Your Majesty, let's talk <laughs> woman to woman. She's so funny. They also they got like the four doofiest actors in the UK to play um the princes and the princess. Um, everyone is just really doing some good work. Uh, mm. Also, it it's it's good for me to learn history that I don't know of, like this because. Uh, as friend of the show Christy Zoltzman said, the UK was barely keeping the lights on in the 80s. And mm. you still, like, you see that so hard here. You're like, how did this even, how did the U even survive? Um, anyway, it was, uh, it's really fun. And I'm glad I watched it. I want to watch it, but I'm scared because Gillian Anderson is, like, the hottest person alive. And I hate Margaret Thatcher more than maybe anyone who's ever lived. So I don't know. I don't know how to square it. Wouldn't it's that just kind of intensify that? It's feeling? kind of a good. I don't know. It's I. I think I. It makes me. I really am into the idea of someone I really like playing someone that is really a monster. It's. Mm-hmm. It's good. Okay, and she. Maybe I'll do she it. just. She does a really well. Good job. Okay. Mm. Nice. Well, we'd like to thank Saskatoon's The Garys for letting us use their song, Manatuna, for our theme song. Thanks to CJTR and all of you for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6, Thursdays at noon, and is available as a podcast on the CJTR website, Spotify, and Apple Play. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, so give us a follow. My Electric is up next, and have a great night. Bye! Bye!